Are we recording? <coughs> you good? I forgot there was lemon in it, kind of surprisingly. <coughs> oh, man. Oh, okay, we're good. <coughs> Let's roll. Yeah, we're, we, were, we caught all that. <laughs> That's what I get for putting a little lemon in your water. Yeah, no, I just... I was... Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Sound, speeding, camera, rolling. Scene 24. Take 303. Mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by 4-Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. Today we're talking film and television, and today we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and... Akira. It's so weird to have a really long title than just the one word, but anyway. Rose, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. It was written uh, by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and it stars Micah Abbey, Shannon Brown, Hannibal Burris, Rose Byrne, Nicholas Cantu, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Giancarlo Esposito, and Post Malone. And that's just to name a few. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot. And they were jumbled up, so that's why I got confused when I was reading them out. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, stars your favorite four turtles, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael, but as teenagers. We follow the story of Splinter and the turtles 15 years after the ooze, when another mutant is going around, known as Superfly, is going around town rampaging. The turtles must face superfly and figure out his plans and they team up with april o'neill as the teenage mutant ninja turtles learn early on and taught by the father to fear human beings and how they interact with the human world that was all over the place but the movie's a lot simpler than i just said i think you got it yeah yeah that's pretty good but yeah um great movie hour and a half nice and tight they did everything the way they were supposed to i'm very happy with this movie it didn't even feel like it felt like we just sat down and then we were just getting up. That was like ninety minutes, right? I, I had no idea. I went into this with very little expectations and nothing. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, besides like the uh, trailer, which "Take a Walk on the Wild Side," do 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 that song um, where they're slicing on top of the roof. Which I'm glad they didn't ruin every joke in the trailer that we saw. Um, I try to forget the trailers we watch in the theaters. Um, that way, when we watch the movie, it feels more. Uh, you know, get a more authentic take, but I gotta say, I I was pleasantly surprised. I think my only hope is because it had the same uh, style animation-wise as Across the Spider-Verse, um, and it didn't mention part one, so I was like, really, like, this might be a great movie. <laughs> Just want to make sure I got it in early <laughs> for your editing, uh, so yeah. I leave these purposely in, and you know what? We, we should do a super cut at the end of the, the year of oh. all the times you <laughs> name drop this movie. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm not a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. I've seen like the first two movies. I haven't seen any of the computer-generated ones, um, but I did buy the bucket. We, we both got the bucket. Believe, you know, if you don't know and you're new, uh, the bucket. If you believe in a movie, you buy the bucket. And the rule has only failed me once in life. That's a movie I mentioned earlier, which I shall not name again. Uh, but we can. But we can. It's Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh, anyway. They're played by kids this time. Yeah, actual... Teenagers. Teenage actors playing teenage turtles, which is great. Uh, usually we get the older. We call them teenage turtles, but they're like 17, 18, 19. Or even that, adult. and then even when they're voiced. They're yeah, voiced by, by a, adults. Yeah. probably an adult. As you said, you not being too much a fan, 
I wouldn't say I was a huge fan growing up. I maybe played one handheld Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, but the one I played the most, which I think our generation, um, were born 93, four years before, two games, 1989, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, and then Turtles Through Time, 1991. I love those games. It's, I don't know if you ever played the Simpsons beat em up four players in the arcade. I've only played like things where they were tied in, so like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Okay. Well, it's one of those modern day would be like Castle, Castle Crashers, if you know what that is. So Turtles Through Time, a great game. One of my favorites. Uh, that's been my exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched a little bit of the TV. This is what I think. You talk about initial thoughts. When I left the theater, I maybe didn't mention it to you because I want to save it for the podcast. What a way to take an older franchise that was through a generation, kind of skipped our generation. I would say if you're, we're millennials. We are, but you're saying is that it came out when we were like too young to understand. Yeah, too young to understand because we're at the end of the millennials. Um, so I think for like my brother and stuff, uh, who's born a, you know, a few years before me, he's my older brother, he probably would have appreciated this stuff more. And then it kind of skipped us. And now this generation, if this is your first time looking at anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is big for them. This might be like a big revival of the franchise. I mean, even the mother and the son, like talking in front of us, oh, Shredder, that looks awesome. So I was like, yeah, I want to see it really bad. Kids were, I think, really happy with the movie, um, which is intended for. And even if it's sent for kids, I really enjoyed it. When I'm looking at the imagery of some of like the monsters and everything, they're really like grotesque. Like the detail yeah. on them is insane. And I, I don't know if you picked up on it. There was a kid... Um, on the other side of the room mm -hmm. that was screaming every time that one of them showed up. I know it's marketed for kids and it's a kid's movie 100%. Maybe that kid was a little bit too young, but I, I think there's something to say about how well the the imagery was done for these monsters. Yeah, I feel preteen vibes here, like middle school vibes in mm -hmm. this movie. Maybe not teenager. Yeah, like the kid was probably maybe like f five or less, maybe. I think it's a perfect movie if you're like eight to 13 years old. The monsters, I think, are grotesque enough that if you're under that, you know, six or five year old range, might be a little much. Um, definitely, kid had to leave the theater to cry, but it's probably just a sensitive kid, and I can't imagine they've ever seen anything like that drawn before. And the animation is that good that it looks that good. The whole movie, I was waiting for like Shredder and Casey Jones and all this stuff to happen, and it didn't. And I wasn't disappointed because it was. As you said, it was setting it up for a new generation that is introducing you to these characters, giving you a villain that we haven't seen yet, that kind of thing. We never explore how the mutants came to be. It's just always Shredder, and they're fighting Shredder. Yeah, that's why I kind of appreciated it at the end where, you know, spoiler alert, they only show the back of Shredder that he's introduced for uh, the yeah. sec, not part two, but the sequel. Second movie, yeah. Yeah. You said at the the end, the end credits, you were like, this is what Marvel used to be. Yeah. And what you're getting at is that DC right now is having this problem, especially with something like The Flash, where we had an introduction of so many different characters. And we said this, and Mike agreed with us, that there were so many characters being introduced, we don't get enough time with them. So if we introduce Shredder, we introduce Casey Jones, we introduce all these characters. Too much. It's, it's too much. And the fight scenes were awesome. Yeah. I love the fight scene, uh, particularly the side-scrolling one. Um, it kind of looked like that movie Old Boy that I, I was mentioning to you, but the the action sequences look great with this. And the side scroll, I thought that was a nod to the video games, like the arcade games as well. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah, I was getting that vibe. So it was it was great. I don't. I love how they hint at so many times at the name Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they don't say it. 
I, I kind of like that. Like, everyone knows, oh, look, you, they're turtles, they're mutant, you guys are, like, almost teenagers. But yeah, they never say the whole thing together. Felt like a Shazam kind of thing. Yeah, very nice. I also enjoyed that the origin story, because this is an origin story, yeah. ties in directly with the villain. Yes. Making it a, a much more interesting villain. And Ice Cube is hysterical on his own, but to to have him so intertwined with that origin story makes him just that much more of a better villain. Yeah, and I really did not expect how they interacted to go that way because the turtles were like, wait, you're mutants too. And the whole the whole story really revolves around the turtles trying to fit into human society, even though Splinter, who I like that they made him really, they really went in on the dad aspect of him, which maybe doesn't always come out and show. He's more of like their mentor, but really comes the dad, you know, who's like, hey, you can't interact with the human world. Don't do that. And instead, they make him a dad and, and the whole conflict of we want to be accepted, but they won't accept us. Great. April O'Neil's character I thought was very well done. Liked her a lot. Is there is there one character that you really enjoyed or voice performance? I think Leonardo. Like Leo? Yeah. He's my favorite turtle, by the way. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite turtle? Mikey. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Leo's had... my favorite. That's, I find well, that ironic. Here, my reason is really stupid. It's just I love the color orange. Uh, that's not stupid so that's why um and also when i was a kid i was like really into like martial arts movies yeah so i really liked you know his choice of weapon no, Chucks, what yeah. about leonardo he's just the serious like typical what i think he when i thought of a hero he was like super serious and badass plus he has two swords here's one thing that annoyed me about the movie actually i'll save my problems with the movie for a second i don't have many but i have a couple nitpicks uh my favorite character in the movie though for you it's Leonardo. Leonardo. I feel like he had the strongest like arc out of the tur- turtles. Yeah, and that's part of, part of my issues with the movie. But my favorite, I actually really like the villain Superfly. I thought he was great. Ice Cube almost kind of stole the show for me. There's a there's an old saying that like a movie is as strong as its villain. Yeah. Like if the villain isn't strong, the hero isn't strong. He's got real motivation. He's got real gripes. And I even like the fact that his minions don't necessarily like vibe with them. Like they yeah. don't. They don't follow him to the T. They, they're easily, like, corruptible. Yeah. And the same way with the Turtles. They actually, like, hear him out a little bit before they f- hear, like, you know, exactly what happens. Did not expect that to go that way. I thought they would meet. They would have an initial fight. They would lose. It gets taken. And instead, we actually get to hear the villain out. And not in a, haha, I've captured you way, hear it out. It's like, hey, why don't you listen to my plan? It may not be that bad. It's funny that we watch this, like, immediately after Barbie. Because I, I have a hot take where I can tie these two together. Okay, go for it. I I'd love, I am down to hear the Barbie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Barbie the movie was all about a message about uh, one you know group of people having more power than the other and, mm-hmm. and oppressing the other one. And the same way, Superfly is saying that one group of people has more power over the other one. Mm. And he wants to turn the tides against them. Mm. and even though barbie explicitly didn't say they were trying to that's what they end up doing yeah yeah yeah. interesting huh and turtles promote a scenario where we don't do it on either side where we don't flip the table we meet in the middle we work together right because i thought maybe a little cheesy i don't think it was cheesy a little bit but watching the humans then help the turtles out i thought that was great I lo- it felt very Spider-Man 1, like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah. I cried during Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I didn't cry during Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you cried during TMNT? I don't know if you caught it, but I, I, there was a single droplet. For what? 
just just the ending i just i got i got in my feels when new york is helping them ah yeah also we're from new york of course we're gonna be biased there's so many new york movies this year so much wu-tang clang so much clang (laughs) so much wu-tang clan so much uh beastie boys brooklyn's just been referenced in everything lately i don't know why people love new york i guess is there anything that didn't work in this movie so you so you mentioned two things. The first is Leo. He seems to have a personality. Donatello feels like he has a personality. Mikey and Raph kind of are just there. They give them, each of them does have their thing, and they for, like they put it in there. But Donatello and Leo, I feel like, are the most, you get the most sense out of who they are from them. Whereas Raph and Michelangelo don't. Whereas like Raph, in the series, they all definitely have their distinct personalities than the regular stuff. But Raph usually is known for having the most. He's the most different. He's like the the outlier of the group. They don't follow the particular like traits of the original turtles. It's not that they don't they do. I just didn't feel Raph didn't really shine out to me. Mikey didn't really shine out to me. Donatello and Leonardo really you got to a sense of who they are, how they're different from the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um just since I think you know more about the turtles than I sure. do. Uh is Leonardo always like the the leader, leader. of the group? Yes, he is always the leader. Okay. He's supposed to be the strongest turtle. He has two swords. So that's my first problem with the movie. And it's just a small nitpick because I think the movie works great regardless. Uh, what about you? Any other problems? I was trying to find something. Not that I'm trying to find something. To... Which is a good sign for a movie if you're like, huh, what was the problem? I slept on it and it's always good when you sleep on something. Mm-hmm. It's a nitpick. Okay. The main idea of the story of them trying to be accepted as mutants and the enemy being feel feeling like they're being bullied and wanting to be accepted as well but going overboard with their way of trying to get back at them mm-hmm. it feels like i just i've seen that in other movies mm-hmm. so it feels a little basic but i feel like they did enough where it's still its own movie we it's, it's not, not like, like this story, story is going, going to, to i think surprise anybody anyway i think some turns are great but ultimately, that's what i'm yeah. saying the execution yeah. was yeah. original i think just the the general baseline of the story yeah. has been done before if I think of like something like very quickly of like Max Keeble's big move like that, yeah, yeah, it's done, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh what, what a great Max Keeble big move! I just remember that that, that big speech from the janitor or the guy who cle- it's always from the janitor who has the knowledge of information that we don't have. The only other issue I had with the movie this is like a stupid nitpick. I'm ready for it. And I paid attention. My my, it's always been my issue. Leonardo has swords. He doesn't slice anybody. It's a kids movie. People. I know, but bro, like, just slice him up a little. Like, he can't slice the humans, obviously. He's got, you know, what are they called? The size. I'm gonna feel stupid. I don't know because I, I said the name in my head all the way here that I wouldn't forget the name of these fucking little things. The size. No, kunais. The kunais. Kunais. Hold on. It's ninja stuff, Nick. You can't just say knives. I didn't say knives. I said size. They're not sides. Size. Oh, they are size. Twin size. How do you know that? Because I know martial arts. Movies. <laughs> I thought it was what's a kunai? How do you know? I know a sai when I see one. <laughs> I didn't know you. That's gonna be a great soundbite. Oh, kunai is the uh, it's the single like dagger. It's this thing. I didn't know that. Wow, that's you know things. Electra has them, and they're called size. They're called size. S a i s a i s size size. You have any? No, I have nunchucks. You have actual nunchucks? I have actual nunchucks. Did, why? You you showed me a stupid bucket. You're not going to show me some nunchucks? What is this podcast? We're going to pause for a hot second. <laughs> How do you have nunchucks? And it's the movie. While you're doing this, I don't. I hope you don't 
you do whatever you want with the edits, but it's like readily available in your closet, which I think like <laughs> it's like he didn't go too far. Uh, people at home, he he just oh I don't know. If, I hope you can hear this. Oh, the chains you can hear. I don't know how you just casually have nunchucks on a ninja episode and you don't say a word. Well, do do you know that nunchucks are illegal? Partially. We're not breaking. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> what are you doing? All right. So, whoa, whoa, hold up. So nunchucks were made illegal in the seventies. Okay. And to this day, they are illegal in two states. One of uh, one of which is not New York. Oh, okay. So we're fine. Wait, what two states say no to nunchucks? I don't remember offhand. Okay. It would be better if I knew these offhand. <laughs> yeah. 1970s, Bruce Lee comes over to uh, the United States, and there's a huge surge in uh, martial arts movies and a huge surge in people that want to learn martial arts. And my dad kept a pair because he did martial arts in college. Not a black belt, but something close to it. Okay. Now yeah. they are legal. Yeah, it was deemed uh, unconstitutional that they be banned. If they were banned, it was unconstitutional, according to New York State. So, excellent. Well done. Yeah. So, I wanted to learn, and I bought a pair from Amazon. These are our training nunchucks. So, you can buy these from Amazon? You can buy these from Amazon. Oh, yeah. They feel very... Yeah. They're foam. But okay. if you use them correctly, you could actually do some pretty hard damage. I would them. imagine getting clocked with this at full speed is not going to be fun. You hold it not from the bottom... No, 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 no. Turn, yeah, right there. No, no, slide your hand up right there. Okay, so now when you swing that forward, you're putting the energy into the tip of the nunchuck. I could do a little bit, but not in this room, particularly. Yeah, our space, we have lights, yeah. we have equipment. <laughs> uh, you're not... And then my dad has the actual legitimate... I would not want... If somebody cracked me in the face with that, I'd be fucking on the floor. This would kill... And this is the reason why they were illegal. So I'm going to pass that off to you. Let me, tra- let me pass these back to you. Man can't hold more than one set of nunchucks. It's a set or a pair? It's a... It's a. It's called a set or a pair. I'm, I'm going to guess it's called a pair. I'm not... The set is usually three, but... Yo, if you have fun... Ooh! Oh, you're getting not. This is like you're breaking. You can break somebody's skull with this thing. Crack fracture. That, that's why they're le- they're a legitimate weapon. Well, no, Nick, it's unconstitutional. If you keep these, yeah. Oh yeah, because like if somebody says no, I a gun is one thing, but if he just immediately whacks you one of these, I'll take my life, take my money. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna paint you a visual right now. I seen my dad use them within the last few months. He does a full routine with those, and he does not smack himself. He can do like the cool over he the shoulder. He could do the over the shoulder around the waist. Sometimes, like Bob says shit, and I'm just like, "All right, Bob." And then sometimes <laughs> you tell me stories. I'm like, "All right, Bob." <laughs> well, that was a fun sidebar. Obviously, this is why Michelangelo's your favorite character. It makes sense for me. The idea of Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the first thing, along with the three little ninjas. Mm-hmm. Those are my exposure to ninjas first time as a kid. And actually, because the characters were played by kids now, it I thought of Three Ninjas yesterday. Yeah. Like, it gave me the same vibes that I felt when I watched those movies. I love those movies. I don't care what to say. It's Home Alone meets Ninjas. Like, it's it's so great. Favorite scene? I like their first fight a lot, actually. Ah, uh, that's what I was going to pick. Yeah? That's yeah. okay. I was going to pick either that or, for comedy's sake, uh, April. April, April yeah. Uh, her, her backstory. Good backstory. And so the pacing, I think, I just want to, I said it last night, I know we talk about pacing, and I'm, I'm learning these words as I speak with you. 
But uh, if, for those of you listening, if we say pacing, if a movie that doesn't drag, every scene feels important, and it doesn't feel like we're, you know, you're like, okay, when's the next thing going to happen? This movie is just impeccable. I think if you really want to be super nitpicky, we jump around a few things early on before we get back to the turtle stuff, but I think it's, it pays off, so it's super worth it. It's also worth noting we walked in probably about a minute or two late, yeah, and we still understood the whole thing. Because it was a packed theater. Um, and also... Alpine was a little slacking on the apartment, but that's all right. Alpine, we love you. All right. Just, I don't think you were expecting the rush. Well, I, I wasn't trying to make an Alpine dig. I yeah. was just saying like the movie is so well paced and, um, yeah. and just like layers everything throughout the film that you can miss that, that first minute. Well, I was definitely still, making like, an Alpine know. dig. That's for sure. Now lines were long. It was two lines, but yeah. And obviously big families, people ordering eight, 10 things. The workers are always working pretty hard at the Alpine. It's uh, no shot at them. But yeah, it was just packed. I don't think people were... I wasn't expecting a big turnout for this movie, but I guess word of mouth, people just liked what they saw. A simple movie. You got the Marvel-esque stuff, but I'm ready for ratings. I don't know about you. I am. All right. Uh, final thoughts and ratings? I'll go first. You go first. You are the ninja expert, I think. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Nunchuck enthusiasts were at the theater. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, very fun movie. Very fun kids movie. Old animated films we've seen this year so far. I think this is my standout. I think uh, Across the Spider-Verse was nice. I think this just has it in the story uh, department, which I think, you know, when you're going to see a movie, it's about the story. Sure. We forget that this movie is written by Seth, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, uh, the people responsible for Superbad, Sausage Party, This is the End. So it shouldn't really surprise us that these guys know how to tell a good story. Yeah. Or that, like, we pull away many times for the pop culture references. Like, how many... Of them are like, oh, it's like this. Like, yeah, that sounds like... Or like the sidebar conversations or the nonchalant, like, serious moment, but met with like, all right, we got to go. So I'm not surprised there, yeah. It didn't feel forced. Sometimes the comedy feels forced in a kid's movie or something like that. I'm stuck between two numbers. I feel... A one or a five, yeah. It's probably either. <laughs> I, I think because the character work was done so well, I'm going to give it a five out of five. Yeah, I, I think there are people, will, I'm sure, will find plenty of nitpicks. And maybe they'll say it's a little formulaic. I think it does a formula and does some things that you don't expect. So it does feel refreshing. I think when you think of superhero movies and Marvel movies in particular, what a great origin story for the Turtles. Way to bring it to the you know to 2023, to a new audience. I think you're going to love this movie. I think you really should go out and see it uh, because it's making me want to do more turtle stuff and look at the turtles again and kind of go back and look at them. You know, the nunchucks definitely helped today. But how could you be disappointed with good animation, good story, good characters, and a great ending, uh, which can't be said about every movie. So that being said, I am definitely giving this one a five out of five. One of my favorite movies that we saw this year for sure. After the break, we will be talking Akira. JP made this pick this week. And I'm going to explain why in the beginning. It's going to be a classic monologue for me, but I'm going to tell you why we picked this movie. More after the break. We, the United Rifle Association, want to ban these weapons. They are a danger to society. When you see two long wooden objects like that so close together, 
man's got to start wondering. We need to keep nunchucks out of our schools. With guns, there are no dental issues. You're dead. Medical bills will rise. The entire system will fall apart. Medicaid, Medicare. We're talking size, kunines, shurikens. We all know about gun safety. What about shuriken safety? With guns, if we start arming our police with nunchucks, we're going to have nunchuck brutality. Ninja lives matter. Join the United Rifle Association today as they storm the streets of Washington, D.C., demanding justice for guns, and most importantly, justice from all those victims of nunchucks, kunines, and shurikens. Sign up today at www.notnutsforchucks. That's right, we're notnutsforchucks.com, where you can support and help them storm the streets. This episode is sponsored and powered by Fort Way Media. Maybe you have a special event coming up. Maybe you want to do some advertisements on TikTok and Instagram, want to make those reels. Or maybe you have something in mind that's going to require a photographer and an expert uh, videographer, then Fort Wayne Media is the choice for you. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. Don't hesitate today. Go visit fortwaymedia.com, book an appointment, talk to one of our expert sales reps, and they'll hook you up with the right person for the right job. Make sure you check them out at fortwaymedia.com. And we're back and we're talking 1988's Akira, directed by Kachiro Otomo, starring a lot of Japanese people who I'm not going to pronounce. JP. <laughs> yeah, all right. Kira follows a story of Tetsuo, who is part of a bike gang, when they have a fateful encounter with a child who's part of an experimental group, a government program, which affects him in a strange way, and he begins to develop powers, eventually leading to a climactic finale where the government, his fellow bike gang, and lots of different players get involved to try to help Tetsuo or stop him with his new powers. Let me start with, this has been on my watch list for a long time. Okay, that's good. Many people have recommended me this movie. I have not gotten around to it. It's been in my queue on Netflix, on on Tubi. I've just never clicked on it. I love the poster. Love the look of Cyberpunk. I played Cyberpunk 2077, so I was very hyped going into this. And then I watched it. And then right before you got here, I watched a 10-minute video to explain to me what that was. Yeah. yeah. That means you were into it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I was into it, but I, I was, like, trying to just, like, really concentrate with it. And I, I wasn't expecting all that, so I had to, like, shift gears immediately. Why did uh, we pair Akira with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? So I said monologue, but a few things. One, think about the animation we just saw today. And how animation, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people, when we think of anime, we think Japan and things like that. But animation has grown over the years. And to think about where we are with 2D art style, all the way to the 2D, 3D combination of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we've come a long way. And the reason I bring it up is because Akira, many people credit this movie as the movie that broke through the West, to the Western audience that made anime popular. Because even as you and I started this podcast, when you thought of animation, wh- who or what kind of people do you associate it with? Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Well, not anime, just animation, period. What, what age group do you associate it with? Oh, children. With kids. Let me ask you, Nick. Is this a movie for kids? Not at all. Yeah, exactly. This really, for most people, changed the way that Westerners looked at animation and that, oh, it can be really serious it can be gory it can be graphic but i'm not sure you want to watch this movie where we're living in a world war three post-world war three japan where a guy watches his own guts spill out onto this you know the street even though it's animated from 1980 was still pretty graphic and still pretty gnarly looking 
I had to double check the year on that because I when I when I was watching it, I was like 1988. I was like, no, nah. hand drawn. I got um. I know I referenced it earlier. Batman, Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. I felt like again like this movie. I saw so many bits and pieces of different things that followed it. I saw influences from things before it, uh, from from cinema, and uh, Batman was one of the first ones that I thought about. I was like, this had to have been influenced by... Especially, like, the city skyline and stuff, the buildings, yeah. So, I, I was really excited to show you this, because I was really hoping you'd like the Teenage Mutant. I hope we did like it. And I think, like, especially people in my own life, when they hear I'm watching anime or animation, they're like, ugh, you know, like, that's, like, that's so stupid kid stuff, even still today. So I just wanted, especially someone like you, which I kind of, you have some preconceived notions, and even when we watched um, uh, Spirited Away, it's still a kiddie movie. So I was like, I want to give you two pieces where are considered great artwork, but on two different sides of, like, maturity level. And anime is somewhere in the middle of those two things, and kind of not even in the middle of those two things somewhere else. I say this was the animated version of like what I put you guys through with Tenant. Yeah, that's great. That's I. That is such a compliment. Then, oh man, that then I'm I'm then I'm happy to hear that one. You were into the film, and two, you, hopefully, you got something out of it. I like this more than Spirited Away, definitely. Great. But it's still I I don't know I don't know how to word it, but anime just kind of like turns me off. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know if it's the style or just. I mean, I watched it dubbed. What do you watch? I've seen both. The sub is way better. Okay. Uh, and I don't always say that. I enjoy the dub for most things, so I don't have to read my movies. But the sub is way better. I think the voices definitely take me out of it. Yeah. I'm assuming it's that because just some there's just some kind of disconnect between me and anime where I watch it and I'm like, okay. But like I can see like it is a gorgeous film. And I loved everything going on with it. And then one of my big questions about it Mm -hmm. was not necessarily about the film, but about its potential, where I'm like, how has this never been made into like a live action? I mean, there's a lot going on to do live action. The shit. I mean, a lot of CGI, obviously. Uh, Now in today's day and world. Yeah, I could see this one easily being remade. But in the same way, I almost don't want to touch it because I like it just the way it is. It ties in with one of my gripes about the movie. Sure. Where one of our most anticipated movies this year and one of our dedicated listeners that we're going to have as a guest star, hopefully when this movie comes out, Dune. Dune, the original movie. You've seen it? No. Wait, the new one? Like 20? Like 1970. No, I've never seen that one. Yeah. So I've seen the original and it is pretty like meh, mainly because it's based off a book. Yeah. And the book is thick with three C's. Yeah. The new ones. The reason why it's a well-done film, and obviously we haven't seen the second one, but judging it based off the first, it's such a a huge piece uh, of work to deal with. And they spread it out over two films because it is a lot of world building. It is a lot of people involved, a lot of um, Mm -hmm. different characters on different planets. The reason the original didn't work for me is because they took all that and just jam-packed it into a two-hour film and it is so much and that's the kind of vibe that i got from akira you should get that vibe that's accurate i felt overwhelmed at times because there was just so much going on and they were trying to just push so much at you i feel like it was done better than dune but at the same time i feel like this would have benefited as a series instead of a film oh yeah so when i said earlier like that it wasn't adapted into a film i think that still would have been a bad move 
if it was adapted into like a, a limited series, that could have been really well done. Yeah, it was a six-part manga. And did you read the original manga? Yes, I've read it, yeah. Because I, I was reading some of the backstory and they said that it's different. Yes, it's different. A lot of things are different. It's a two-hour movie, kind of long for an animated movie, I think, for some people. Um, and they're trying to get everything in there. They do a lot of showing, not telling. They hardly ever explain anything. Like the classic, and I wanted to show you this because the classic anime trope is that anytime a character does something, we talk to our side characters who are constantly explaining every moment and everything. And this movie, you get no explanation. It just happens. Yeah, I was watching it while on FaceTime with Sam, mm-hmm. and uh, if she had to say something, I had to pause film, because like, as soon as I look away, I'm missing like 10 different things. Yeah. I'll ask you, Nick, what did you like about this thing? Well, for one, I love the look of it. I love the cyberpunk uh, style. I love the general setting. I, I'm a big fan of cyberpunk uh, movies. Uh, one of my guilty pleasure uh, films is Hackers. So I, Oh, yeah. Is that which uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't even know why people think it's a bad movie, but I, I love the hell out of that movie. Hey. I love the whole futuristic thing. Mm-hmm. I love that it's 2019 in this film. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't feel like it. I did pleasantly enjoy that it wasn't a film solely about biker gangs being in opposition with each other i feel like that could have easily uh become boring that's the warriors you could just go yeah. watch that <laughs> yeah so it would have just been generic and and boring so like i feel like this elevated it at the same time i think there's just so much that i feel like either a shorter runtime with less content or a longer runtime while kind of like spoon feeding a little bit more yeah, yeah would have helped me out i think i think all the criticisms of the movie are totally fair because i'm i've watched this movie now four or five times because there's so much going on um character wise i don't really you don't care yeah yeah okay i was i was like (laughs) trying to reword that i didn't care about like most of these characters because i wasn't given like a lot do you care about tetsuo at least the things that are happening to him are interesting i do but i don't care about him. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know him. Exactly. Nobody cares about any of these characters in this movie. It's it's one of those movies that you just care about what's going to happen next. Which, if you can say anything about a movie, that's great. But you don't really care who it happens to next. And it's an unfortunate thing about the movie. Um, because nobody really stands out. In fact, Kamida, his best friend, you don't. he's kind of a jerk. You don't really care about him too much. And I thought he was going to be like the main character. He's not. But he's not. It's that thing where things are just happening to him. Main characters don't have control over what's happening to you, but at least they would be, like, in opposition with, like, an antagonist and stuff like that. This is not that kind of movie. Yeah, it's a little other place. I would say his, the what he's fighting against is his own powers. Between the, the intro, how the politics intertwines with this, I think there's also something similar to Spirited Away, where if you're not part of Japanese culture and you don't have a good uh, reading of its history outside of the... The two things that America did with uh, Japan. Yeah. Uh, you don't really understand the significance of certain things. Right. And, you know, any movie that makes you think philosophical movies, I take an interest in, so I read a lot about it. Tetsuo's character is supposed to rent, is supposed to represent post World War II Japan. This is one, a very common and accepted interpretation. So, Tetsuo, post World War II Japan, after the bombing of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan is scared. It, but it rises to power really quickly. Think of Japan today. I think less than a, about 80 years ago, Japan was bombed with two nukes. 
there's always TikToks where they're just like years ahead of us. Yeah, they're years ahead of us, and they were also hit with two bombs, Oppenheimer. So it's crazy to think about. So Tetsuo represents this like this idea that Japan has all this brand power, but almost can't control it. Because what happens when you know as they rise to power, it hedonistic gets out of control with society? How does it become? Um, so there's one aspect to it. And the idea when he loses his arm, the power of Japan, like if they have so much power in them to grow and it'll, it comes out of them, they can't control kind of what happens after that. And the military is supposed to represent the fear of another bombing because Akira, if you haven't picked up, caused the World War Three bomb was part of it. Yeah, I, I got that part. Yeah, I just knew that there was something there that like this was supposed to represent world war ii or something like that yeah it's about the fears of world war ii japan coming out of world war ii and you know the fear of retaliation and all that so a lot you're gonna learn if you keep watching anime which hopefully i'll keep making you watch you're gonna learn that world war ii hitler germany winning alternate universes japan is very much obsessed with it because it's such it's entrenched in their culture and we haven't really been laughing or cracking too many jokes because this movie is a pretty there's a lot going on did you have a similar experience to it that you did with Spirited Away, or did you always love this film from the, the immediate get-go? Um, I think I liked it a lot more than Spirited Away when I first watched it. I was definitely confused um, and a little disappointed at the ending. Uh, but yeah, one of those where I liked it the more I watched it. Spirited Away, I was kind of mid about it. I think Akira, or Akira, I liked it a lot instantly, but I was still confused, and that's what frustrated me about the ending, that I was lost. Because for viewers uh, who are casually tuning in or yeah. people that aren't up and up on your Reddit post, which you have to yeah. get back to, yeah. for Spirited Away, you initially uh, were okay about it and then uh, learned to love it. That's yeah. why I ask. Yeah, no, this one I think I just love from the start. Not as much as I like it now. Because I think every time you watch it, you get something different out of it. When I was first getting into anime, I go, anime movies. I was tired of watching series. Like, what are anime movies? And must watch. Nakira just on every list, number one, must watch. Is there anything that you didn't like in this film? The character thing, I agree with you. There's not really one character I'm rooting for. I do like Kamida just because of the bike. I mean, the bike is iconic. The poster is, I mean, I, uh, yeah. it's so cool. It is. The movie is just oozing. That's probably cool. the only reason why I put it in my watch list was the poster. And then people told me like, oh, Akira, Akira, Akira. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I think at times the movie can drag a little bit. Because it's trying to tell you so much. So, like, all the things that you mentioned, I totally agree with you. I think they're fair criticisms. I just think the action and all the fighting at the end and where it goes to is crazy. Because I don't think when you start the movie, you think we're going to end up where it does. And that's one of my turnoffs, I think. That's where anime and I kind of, like, don't yeah. get each other. Because the ending fight, like, didn't do much for me. Because it felt very much like Dragon Ball Z ish and like i was never into those shows oddly enough i love power rangers and i hate when people grow but you know <laughs> it's a good pairing for uh <laughs> yeah two mutant kind of yeah has your opinion on anime changed at all or animation in general it has and it hasn't it showed me what animation can do height of animation for me was probably like toy story which is a good height by the way it's not yeah <laughs> and then and then it hasn't been topped until like uh spider-man yeah and I feel like that was just it for me. And again, if you think of those two movies, again, they're very much geared towards kids. At the same time, I feel like there's just so much going on in anime that I feel like for a movie lover, you would think I would love it. But I have such an association with kids and animation that like it tosses me all over the place. So I still don't I love the aesthetics of it, 
but I don't like the feeling. I think it took me a long time too to break. I, I when I first started watching One Piece, an ironic, uh, an iconic show. Like this, this is stupid. Like, what are we doing here? Why? But then I saw blood for the first time in anime, and like people getting cut up. I was like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this, but I liked it. Inuyasha was another big influence. That's where animation changed for me completely. Inuyasha is another show, demons slicing. When I when I was a teacher, I was like looking at like the mangas that the kids yeah. brought in and everything, and I was like. Uh, there's this whole world man you're missing out i just said manga it's manga i didn't correct yeah, listen i want the people to shit all over people, here yeah they hear this. <laughs> i would have gotten yelled at all so right. hard well um final thoughts and ratings yeah. you can go first so akira the reason it's such a classic is because it has the power to change your opinion on what animation and anime is it has deep thinking you can't just watch it for the fun of it you're going to be lost and confused but i think you're still going to enjoy the ride like spirited away it, it kind of has that effect on you you don't know why you like it but eventually you do like it and I think as far as cyberpunk goes, and I think about all the animated movies that have come from this, what an icon setter, what a way to like define a genre and define everything. I just, anytime Akira comes on, I'm never bored by it. I'm going to be basic today. I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm giving it two fives. I'm giving it a five out of five. My review is going to be very weird. Because you don't know what to do with it. Because there's nothing like it. Yeah. So my review is that if I had to compare this to Spirited Away, Spirited Away, we had this conversation. We we went on a long tangent about watchability and rewatchability. I don't think I would ever watch Spirited Away again. I think I would definitely rewatch Akira. It confused the hell out of me. On my initial watch, there are certain things that I feel like could have been done in a different way to like just kind of flesh out the ideas more and the characters more because I'm a character person. And I don't like when things are just happening. I'm stuck in between two numbers. I'm hoping it's a three and a four. It is. Okay, I because I was worried to be two and a three, but I'm no, thinking no. three and four. Overall, I love the style, the animation. I love the setting. I think I'm going to give it a three. Okay. But I think this is one of those movies that I'm going to end up rewatching with the sub. And when we do our uh, which ones would you want to redo at the end of the year, I think this might be one of the ones that I might boost. I'm just happy to hear a three. I'm going to be honest with you. Because, like, this is one of those movies that I you could show to someone and be like, dude, what the fuck did I watch? Why would you make me sit through that? So I will say that, like, that was the thoughts in my head when it first started. And I had to, like, pause. I rewound it a little bit just to, like, kind of refresh yeah. the memory. Rewatching it maybe in the, in the original language might help it. This has been an episode of Take 303. Thanks so much for watching and listening. If you do us a favor, make sure you leave us a rating and you're following us on Spotify. And make sure you're following us at Fortway underscore media on Instagram. We post reels from when we're out interviewing people. We got a funny one pretty much coming up for uh, this episode. And uh, we also do reels just from the episode. So make sure you share those, like them, do all that jazz. Our poll question is, who is your favorite ninja turtle? And finally, this week's poll question of the week is, what was your first animated movie? I think mine is The Black Cauldron, but I have to go uh, take a look, deep dive, and see what I got. Yeah, what's that movie you watch as a kid over and over again animated? Thanks so much for watching. Have a good one.